Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're on a veranda in Ashfield, speaking with Sam, Sam, Sammy, Samantha. Whatever. Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, yeah, I'm Sammy. And you dance with people and you make dancing for yourself to do and you also dance, like make dancing for other people to do. Yeah. I do all of the dance things. Cool. Mostly I see you on my Insta feed because I don't, I'm not always around for performances or maybe there's not always performance outcomes. But you recently even had like a Oz dance residency. I did. I got the Dare residency through Oz dance. Cool. <laughs> what did you propose that you were going to do? Um, and did you do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the idea that I was playing around with, oh, the work is called Like a Lady, and it's in the very, very early stages. That's mm. um, something I might want to develop, continue developing later. And it's basically about feminism, but um, the idea is that women should be able to do what men do without judgment and vice versa Um, in terms of like being sexually open and um, emotionally open and stuff like that Mm. and you thought dance was the best way like the best medium or the best (laughs) form to deal with this yeah I just wanted to explore those ideas with movement mm-hmm. and see part of my proposal was um, hmm, how do I word this <laughs> um, yeah part of the proposal that I sent in with my application was that I wanted to see an audience's reaction to things that men and women did and how they would react differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in the studio you had a cast that involved male and female dancers. Yes, I had uh, five females like throughout the week that I worked with and one male. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be more but it didn't happen because <laughs> um, they were giving up their time for me. So. Yeah. And then what did you do with them to explore? Um, So every morning we started with a class so I could kind of get them on the same wavelength of me in terms of movement. Mm. And then we tasked different ideas and just played basically. Mm-hmm. five days in the studio um, and then when I saw things I liked we developed it further and what was like how did you know that you liked something <laughs> aesthetically pleasing <laughs> mm. um, no not always um, I don't know if it if I found that it connected to the idea well or I could 
go more into depth with that idea, then mm-hmm. I would focus on it a bit more. Um, can you describe to me what you mean by play and how you structured <laughs> that and how you kept it going in a direction that was useful to your research? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of all the tasks we did. Mm. I have this in a book somewhere, I just have no idea where. <laughs> um, so, one of the tasks was just to make the audience uncomfortable. Okay. So, we did a score of about 30 minutes and just played around with trying to make an audience uncomfortable. And were you the audience? I was, and one of the days uh, there was someone filming as well, so there was a camera as an audience. And that got quite interesting. (laughs) There was... (laughs) Some things were done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) That made you uncomfortable? Um, I mean, it's pretty difficult to make me uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it could definitely make somebody uncomfortable. Mm And was it dancing or was it images or...? There was a lot of images, um, shapes, Mm. and... Yeah, I guess some parts went into dancing, dancing, but a lot of it was more, I guess, physical theatre, kind of. Mm -hmm. Something representational. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, in that process where you're directing it and leading it, do you dance a lot or do you watch a lot? This is the first time that I've had space and people Mm. to work on. So I took myself out of it for most of it. Um, How was that? Weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was really different to let other people task movement Mm -hmm. and trying not to take over their ideas and just like continue making the same thing that I'm used to making so I had to take a step back for most of it Mm -hmm. and just try to use my words for direction (laughs) and um, how was that? (laughs) yeah it ended up pretty cool I think in in the I want to ask you about uh, costuming and if that comes into the experimenting and the research phase or if it's if people just wear whatever they wear in rehearsal and then on a filming day because the video I saw everyone was in black yeah was that just like a aim at neutrality or yeah, um, I think through the week everyone just wore whatever they liked, but I just wanted all black whilst mm. it was filmed so there wasn't anything overly distracting. Mm-hmm. From the movement or yeah. from the people or from the space? From the movement? Yeah. Yeah. And all the other things, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, when you're improvising, what do you what are you working from? Um, 
depends where I am or what mood I am in. <laughs> but sometimes I'll improvise just to feel good, like <laughs> just to, to have, a dance. have a good old dance and awesome. yeah, do some cool moves. Um, and how do you support that? Like, is it about where you are or what you wear or what music is on or who you're with? Yeah, I think if I'm um, just dancing to feel good, it's usually based on the music. Mm. Or if I am with people, the people that I'm with mm. and just jamming with them. Or if I'm trying to find something, I might give myself tasks mm-hmm. and just explore that for a little bit and see what happens. What kind of tasks? Oh, silly stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, imagining that I have three meter long fingernails, like weird cool. stuff. It's cool. <laughs> Whatever comes into my head. Mm. Um, or, whatever I'm working on at the time, like in my movement in general. So like lengthening or using my head more, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're just having a dance to feel good. Or sometimes, what, like what kind of tasks would you give yourself if you're chasing a concept or a theme? <coughs> um. Or how do you come up with the tasks, actually? Hmm. I think before my development, I came up with task ideas by laying in the sun. <laughs> awesome. I was just writing down anything that came into my head. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And do you then do everything that you've written down or do you, how do you choose which ones to follow and which ones to not worry about? Usually I'll pick something to start with and then new ideas will develop from that mm. and I end up leaving out a bunch that I started with mm. anyway. Mm. Is um, this D.A.R.E. residency, was that the first piece where you were working with like a subject or, an, or a topic or do you often make things about about stuff I think that was the first yeah that was the first piece. Um, yes it was the first piece that I was working on that had an actual subject before that, I've only really worked on solo pieces. Mm. And that's mostly just been about the movement, mm. not so much ideas. So when it's just about the movement, how do you decide what <laughs> happens? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Depends what I'm trying to create for so if I'm creating a piece for like a small showcase or something 
I'll kind of figure out what the vibe is, maybe going the complete opposition to that and <laughs> mm. pick uh, some music and then just get into the studio and move around a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it's about like, what's aesthetically pleasing or rhythmically pleasing or... Yeah, I guess aesthetically pleasing or if I'm just trying to explore new movement. Oh yeah, it can be just about what's the weirdest thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Cool. Um, even then, <laughs> up until this year, most of the things I've done have just been improvisation. I've only just started wanting to set movement mm. to create something. Where did you train? I trained at Paws Studios mm. in Penrith up until 18, and then I went to Edinburgh full-time a few years ago. And is it is this like the natural progression of that kind of training to start um, making choreographies and to start an improvisational practice? I think Edinburgh is quite a commercial contemporary school. Mm. So I grew up in a very commercial world, mostly doing jazz. I didn't know what contemporary was until I went to full time. Mm. And um, I've just continued training by doing secondments, um, going overseas and working with different European choreographers and have slowly realised that I prefer that to the commercial world. Mm-hmm. So I started going in that direction only recently. Who, who did you seek out to work with? Or to you second with? Or? Um, so I've seconded with ADT and Sean Parker, just Australian companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then overseas, I did intensives with Maddie Valeski. It's a motorbike pause. <laughs> um, yeah, overseas, I did intensives with Maddie Valeski, Yuri Picorni, Tillman O'Donnell. Um, Ivan Perez, they're the people that influence me the most, mm-hmm. I think, dancing-wise. And then last year I started doing residencies, like being a part of other people's residencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I did Emma Harrison's residency and Chloe Fernier's and Callum Mooney's. I think that was it. Last year. And then realised that I kind of like to work in those settings and decided I should try and do that myself. Awesome. And now there's people that are working with you in those settings. Yeah. That's cool. cool.
what's your biggest hope? <laughs> deep <Right>. questions. <laughs> but I guess it's just because all of this stuff it, 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 like, takes a lot of effort. Yeah. I think I definitely want to create a show at some point in my life, like a full length work. I have no idea what on or where or what age mm. I want to achieve that by. It's just something that I feel like I need to do mm. at some point. With the piece that you were just working on, how does it come in? When you're talking about um, embodiment and effeminate or masculine physicalities and genderization of people, how do you work with like movement, not necessarily dance and trained dance, but mm. just how people are raised to inhabit their bodies? And how do you think about softness and tenderness and hardness and aggressiveness mm. and or is that not what you're doing yeah no I definitely looked into all of those things um hmm Or is it something that it sits with you in your body and you notice what you do versus what how you've been taught to? Ah, uh, the fuck? nest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really on you for some reason. They haven't bothered me yet. Sorry. Um. <laughs> you got them all? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Maybe. So I guess I'm asking kind of where the interest comes from to deal with genderized embodiment and then um But I want to put my feet down. I can't. Do you want to swap sides? No, it's fine. Just move myself around. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think I've wanted to. Also, if you don't want to say, that's fine as well. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I think the main thing that prompted me to start working on these ideas was um, being judged for 
or not even so much as judge, but like uh, shocking people when I would talk about sex and my sexuality very openly and other people find that confronting. And being around a lot of guys, I would find that it's less shocking when they do it. And that frustrated me, so I wanted to make something about it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot of other things that come into it, like seeing um, friends that are male having issues with their emotions and being able to express them. And, yeah, just seeing the different ways that gender roles affect how we act, basically. Mm. I don't know if that answered your question at all. (laughs) Has, Has doing a development with bodies in dancing helped answer your questions or helped find... A, way, a better way to ask the questions? Working with other people, I found that everyone's experiences are super different. And I think part of why I was affected by this was because of where I grew up and their different views, because I'm a Westie. Um, um, their views are very different to someone that grew up in the eastern suburbs so one of the dancers Jazz Luna hadn't experienced a lot of the things that I'd experienced because she grew up in maybe a more accepting place yeah um but I still definitely want to explore those ideas more and still have things to say. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that the the ideas about the performance of gender roles and the frustrations with it also are very different across different social classes and in even economic classes yeah totally and the they get they get somehow very extreme at extreme ends of the spectrum yeah and do you feel like now that you're still around those people that frustrate you or do you feel like you're finding a community that of like-minded people who are also frustrated and so are not perpetuating (laughs) yeah definitely surround myself with people that are Mm like-minded um and frustrated with (laughs) a lot of things going on in the world Mm. um but I do still experience some of the, I guess I'd say judgment when I see extended family or That's what I was just people about from to ask school. About. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about uh, 
I don't know. It sometimes it feels like you start making work because your world frustrates you. Mm. But then of course your world is just a an amalgamation, a conglomerate of all of the experiences that you've gotten. And of course, most mm. of your experience come from the way that you're raised and the people you're raised yeah. around. And so actually it's not the world at large, but it's your, your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like your community or something. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty lucky in that over the last few years, as I've become more open and educated on things like gender roles or sexuality my family has tried to move along and become more open to that as well which is cool uh, my close family anyway the extended family is <laughs> a little bit more close-minded I would say mm. sometimes wonder if closed-mindedness is um, a way to protect oneself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like protect yourself from ideas that you can't handle. Yeah, yeah, I think. Especially for the older generations, yeah. it's just too much to take in. Yeah. So they just put it in a box and say that it's... Crazy young people. Yeah, or it's... <laughs> wrong or yeah i think about that's going to happen to us one day we're going to be oh, the yeah. older generation yeah and there's going to be these people that are like 30 and 50 years younger than us that are doing things that we cannot understand yeah probably you don't think or you think we'll be able to keep up no i definitely <laughs> think there will be things that um we think it's crazy I think we will open the floodgates a little bit to yeah. people being open-minded and who knows what will happen. Yeah, it's but true. It that's could swing, pretty cool. It could swing back the other way. <laughs> yeah, totally. We get more open and then we swing back and get more closed yeah. with each generation and then back the other way and more open. Mm. But dancing. Dancing, yeah. <laughs> dancing must be the answer to that. Yeah. It's the best kind of art form to explore ideas. I think especially ideas that are grounded in how your body tells you who you are. Yeah. And also if you're trying to um, get a reaction or a change of thought from an audience member. Mm. Dancing makes you super vulnerable and therefore makes the audience really vulnerable. So it creates a good space to make change or provoke thoughts. Mm. Do, you, do you work deliberately on um, vulnerability in your, in your practice solo or with other people? Or? Yeah, I think I focus on being vulnerable or, yeah, 
Yes, I do. <laughs> the answer is yes. And once this plane goes over, mm-hmm. um, I'm interested in how how you simultaneously be vulnerable and open and available and as well take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. As in taking care of my body? Uh, yeah, but also you're like... The, like yeah. you, you, when you come off stage, you still have to walk down the street as yeah. a person, so you need to take care of yourself in that way. And like emotionally, you want to be... I imagine I know this from only from my experience that I want to be really open and sensitive in rehearsals and in a studio but if I'm that open and that sensitive in other parts of the world then yeah. it's, it's going to be really hard to function yeah totally I think I use the dance space as a place to be open and vulnerable mm. um, especially emotionally mm. and maybe I'm not so vulnerable in real life (laughs) Um, which is fine I think you need to have balance and there's a place and time to let yourself be emotionally vulnerable yeah What do you think is going to happen after you make this work? I might not even make it work. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> or I guess, um, like, even thinking about the development that you just did with the team and is the usefulness of that for you to make a piece that affects people or is it a usefulness of that for you to ask questions of your own body and of their bodies so that you see other experiences that people have had or is um yeah i think if i were to make a work or when i make a work Mm. um i would need to be confident that it would be making some kind of effect on something, mm-hmm. whether it be the audience that's watching or the dance community um, or even my life, mm-hmm. if it's a... I'm sure it would be have a huge effect if I were to create a work. Um, and... I would need to be saying something important to myself. Whether that's important to anyone else doesn't matter. Um, but I need to make sure that it's important to me. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know if it's... How, how will you know when it's important to you? I'm hoping I just re- have a <laughs> realisation one day that I have to make something about something. Yeah. Um, until then, I guess I'm just playing around with 
with ideas. Mm. Well, yeah. That's, seeing what sticks. Yeah, being available to yeah. that thing. Um, I don't actually know who said this quote, but I know who said it to me. Um, this guy, Tillman O'Donnell, said, um, we're all working on the same thing our entire lives, which is a really cool idea that even though you find different ways to say what you were working on, mm. it all comes back to the same thing, I think, for most people. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about how zoomed out or zoomed in sometimes, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that people have said to you or like an epiphany that you've had or something that you try and remember when you're working? Mm. Um. <laughs> Plenty of things that are not there right now. <laughs> did a show recently and it was stressful and I think the thing that I remembered during it to tell myself was that um, even if the show ends up being a piece of shit I have to treat people well along the journey to make the show Yeah. and that the way that and my collaborator Joshua Thompson was on he does this as well which is that actually your conduct is the only thing that you're left with your conduct is the only thing cool yeah okay yeah I mean when I work for other people um I always remind myself that this is about uh don't make other people's work about you um, so you're working for them, not for yourself. And pay attention. I say that to myself all the time. Just pay attention to everything and everyone. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I feel like I can hear my dad's voice saying that to me. <laughs> pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> I love the way that it's worded, though, is in it, it is a currency. It is an asset that you have to pay. You're paying in your attention. Mm. And you get rewarded for paying attention. Yeah. And you see things. You mm. observe things that you wouldn't if you weren't paying attention. Got any examples? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or another way I like to hear... Um, paying attention is notice what you notice. Notice what you notice. Yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah, because <laughs> that's saying something then about what you're focusing on or sensitive yeah. to, or it says something about that thing, but it also says something about you. Yeah. I'm interested to hear a little bit about your approach to teaching. 
Okay. Because half, like, I imagine if it comes down to counting the hours, half of your practice is teaching. Yes, or more. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's like, that's a way of embodiment as well. And yeah. Being in the studio. Yeah. So what's your, like, what do you think is important when you're teaching? Um, definitely the most important thing teaching kids is to educate them well. Um, I think we have such a responsibility as educators not to be lazy or pass on bad, bad habits um, and to teach what you're confident in. Um, so, yeah, I focus on the things that I know have helped me um, to improve as a dancer but also to keep my body safe and be um, yeah I think I also try to make my students really open and susceptible to different movement mm. and ideas mm. Yeah, there's like at some point, at some angle, you're training them in safe physical dance practice, but then on another angle, you're also responsible for their mental and emotional approach. Yeah, totally. And it's something about like leaving them with a good relationship with themselves. Yes, I definitely. I think when we, well, when I was young, that wasn't as important. Mm. Um, it was more just do the dancing and yeah, whatever it costs yeah, yeah exactly and I think now it's changing and people are becoming more aware of mental health and how important that is mm. to continue practicing mm. so yeah <laughs> not the quietest place but <laughs> that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about or refer to or this isn't your last chance ever so don't stress about it um, I just really like dancing <laughs> me too oh my god There's so much in common <laughs> and also sharing it with people yeah yeah, definitely. Especially yeah, dancing with somebody else who's also dancing. Mm. Yeah. I remember my mum, she's got arthritis, I think, in her hip or knee. Anyway, she was saying that there's she in, had always enjoyed dancing, social dancing. And she said she's at the point now where she can't, her body can't dance as much as she wants to. Right. And so she dances as much as her body can, but then she still derives pleasure from watching other people continuing to dance yeah. beyond when she can cool. no longer dance. Yeah. And made me think about how there's some service that the dancer is doing for the viewer. Yeah. Because 
not everyone can or is even interested in doing what the dancer can do. Yeah. But when that dancer does that thing with their body, it does something for the viewer with their... Yeah, I think actually that was a huge realisation of mine. As a kid, I was really, really um, shy. Yeah, I know, it's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the first time I ever got up on stage by myself, Dad wanted to drag me off stage because he was so sad for me because I stood there and didn't do anything. <laughs> Um, and he was angry at my mum for forcing me to mm. do this thing, even though I'd said I wanted to. But what was it? Uh, just a, a routine? Oh, uh, a or solo. Or, I don't know. I just I stood up there and didn't move. So, <laughs> um, and then yeah, I guess at some point it became more about the audience and less about me. And then I can dance any time of day in front of anyone. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice, that shift. Mm. Yeah, I'm less worried about pleasing as well. Mm. It's just like, they'll take it as they will. Mm. Yeah, and regardless of what you do, everything that's happened to them on the way to see you and after yeah. will also have an impact. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah.